The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with Caller Interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Hi, my name is Dr. Mona Lisa. This is Healthy Living Intuitively. And this is on Mind Body Spirit. FM network. Today's show is part nine of a 10-part series and two of the solutions to get a grip on sanity, health, and happiness in this current roller coaster world. How to keep your head above the water. How to find serenity to overpower the panic. You ever feel like you're going to lose it over something as simple as tipping over the garbage, running out of paper towels, or soap in the bathroom? Have you ever felt like your health was losing one more ounce of strength because one calamity after another was occurring and you just didn't know how you're gonna maintain an, an even keel? If you have trouble staying happy and healthy, today is your day because we are talking about how to keep your head above the water. During this world where things seem to be going upside down. Every day, stock exchange goes up, goes down. Political people's, political people's opinions go up, they go down. Everybody is the COVID rates go up, go down. Opinions about whether the vaccines are working or don't work at all go up and down. Mask wearing goes up and down. It's so confusing. Price of gasoline goes up and down. Price of groceries goes up and down. Depending on who you talk to, people's moods while driving, shopping, doing anything, even on social media, go up and down. It is a volatile market. It is a volatile social society and our health and moods show it. So how do we maintain an even keel? Well, I'm gonna show you today. It's summer, it's almost the end of summer and it feels like it hasn't been that carefree time we used to have when we were growing up. Remember when it was the end of summer, I mean, the end of 
school and you, you know, you threw your books underneath the bed and it was like, oh my God, this summer is going to last forever. And this endless stretch of days, either you went to camp or day camp, or you just hung out, hung out at home doing stupid things, nameless stupid things. It was carefree. And it lasted forever. And it seems like as we get older, time goes by faster. Worries crowd each other. And our health gets more complex. And so do our relationships with others. And we get tired and tireder as these struggles accumulate. How do we keep fortitude? How do we keep resilience? We're taking your calls during the show for a mini reading. 207-846-6475. 207-846-6475 if you're shy. And you don't want to call. You want a private reading. One or two hours. Go to www.drmonalisa.com. www.drmonalisa.com. Or call 207 207- 8466475 and subscribe to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa, podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, this forum is educational only. It's not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. And we please, 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 if you're suffering some incident of some kind, push yourself away from the podcast. Don't go toward the light, go away from the light and go directly to the emergency room. Do not pass go, do not collect $200. So I want you to sit here and think about the things that are setting you off. They're usually not a big thing. Big things are one thing. We can muster, our adrenal gland can muster cortisol and epinephrine for the divorce, for the financial calamity. And we brace ourselves, like putting our feet into the sand for tug of war to each onslaught, each person on the other side, we, we know how to pull against them. The family crisis, the financial crisis, the partner crisis, the work crisis, the health problem in the family. But then it's a little thing, like you go to your car and you notice a little dent or a little scratch and you lose it. The little thing, it's a little thing. Or you notice somebody put a scratch on your couch, you lost it. Just that thing set you off. That's why they call it the straw that broke the camel's back. Why is this? Well, it's almost as if our brains and bodies have a fortitude to master big things. In neuropsych testing, when it comes to paying attention, Frequently, it's easier to pay attention on major difficult problems because they're what we call behaviorally relevant, like a big pothole in the road. We look at it and we think, oh, 
I'm going to figure out a way of negotiating around it. However, after negotiating after one hole, two holes, three holes, four holes, it wears you down and exhausts you. And like a rope that's been pulled, 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 you have one last rope left. And there's something in mindfulness called increased vulnerability. It's that last nerve that set off. It's that one. And I remember when I was in my residency and um, I had spinal problems since I was 12, lodge rod my spine. I had been on call, it was a long 4th of July, long weekends, motorcycle gang fights, a lot of stuff like that. You know, your normal weekends, for God's sakes. And all the psych units in Maine were all filled up and it was hard to get a bed and people were shrieking, screaming and, you know, basic mayhem and foolishness. So after being on call, on, tu on Tuesday, I walked victoriously because I felt that I had managed it. Then I sneezed. I just sneezed. And that was it. I felt something snap and I couldn't feel my feet. It was believable. I blew two more discs and they paralyzed my legs and I had to have surgery. For years later, I thought sneezing was something to be avoided when it wasn't. It was the accumulation of years and years of standing and running and things like that. It was all those things that I had been dodging all those years. But we think about that last thing, that last nerve. And so how do we maintain that even keel so that we're more resistant? One thing in a kind of cognitive behavioral therapy based on mindfulness is something called um, Lowering your vulnerability. I have a car. I got this kind of car. It's a race car, believe it or not, when I got breast cancer because of all the x-rays from the spinal problem, but I digress. And it has tempered glass and it has this film, protective film on the outside of the car. Now, why would it have tempered glass? Because Apparently, if it's a racing car, you go too damn fast, too damn fast. And the, the, the speed in which you go throws the stones against the glass and it needs to be tempered, tempered, so that it doesn't shatter on impact. And that's what you need to do. You need to temper your mind and your body so that you don't shatter after a series of challenges. Temper. And you have to temper yourself in seven different areas. They say that you should save a certain amount of money um, for disasters. But what if you can't do that? How do you temper yourself for disasters and then for those little things that make you lose it? Like tempered glass, you coat yourself or surround yourself with things, people, places, mysticism animals, nature, you temper yourself to prevent yourself from shattering, shattering. I had a lady, I did a reading with the other day. 
And she told me, oh, by the way, <laughs> she says off the cuff, you got to love it. At the end of the reading, it's a two-hour reading. She goes, I just bit into something and my tooth just shattered, shattered. I went, listen, she said, I just thought it was wear and tear. I said, I've been doing readings for 37 years, 37 years. And I've never heard somebody just lose their entire tooth. It just shatters. Like the glass on the Memorex commercial. Just shatters. It must have been accumulation of very severe wear and tear with a lack of support. And so I proceeded to go down the areas in which she didn't build, she hadn't built up for years nutrients to temper the glass of that area. So that's what you want to do to make it so that you don't snap. It also makes you less anxious. One of which is I have this program, this plan on how to temper yourself. First of all, you look at the past and what you've built in your system to make yourself temper-proof, how you've coded yourself. Two, you look at yourself now and how you are now so that you take stock of how you, the automobile, is protected. Bumper to bumper, as they say. Hood to chassis. And then you look in the future to what you want to do more. The first thing you do is groups. Group, groups of people in your life have you got as a foundation. And for her, bones and joints had to do with people in her life. And she was quite solitary. Bones, joints. Um, if you occasionally, over time, lose more and more and more people, then you lose roots and you have less roots left so that if a storm comes through, you lose a relationship, you lose a family, you lose a career. You got one root left and that root can easily go with the storm. So recently, I have four cats. We tap them off at four cats. And one of them died very suddenly. She just stopped eating. And in 12 hours, she was dead. And she wasn't old. Her name was Tammy Wynette. She actually died from the same syndrome as the real Tammy Wynette, the country music singer. How odd. But my life is not normal. Digestive problems. Suffice it to say, she had liver failure, my kitty. Suffice it to say, since I've had lost a lot of organs in my body, I've dropped a lot of um, bricks, as you would. A storm could blow the house down as three little pigs. So I need bricks and mortar to temper myself. So I need a network of people. And once I lost a cat, 25%, I realized I couldn't handle the grief. Grief releases cortisol and messes up your immune system. Your natural killer cells don't work as well and you're more likely to get cancer. And I already had that. So even though I was extremely grief stricken and most people go, I have to get rid of, I have to get over the grief before I can get another cat. I couldn't um, indulge myself that um, delicacy. So I went to the pound and I adopted 
um, who the people on the Zoom meeting today can see um, Minnie Pearl. She's a little bit off to the left side of the screen. Minnie Pearl, Minnie Pearl. As you can see, she has this little kitty. She's three months old. She has a little hat on with a price tag, like the real Minnie Pearl did on Hee Haw. She go, howdy. And so Minnie Pearl came in and I have a combination of incredible, incredible howling grief. And then this glee of this cat who's a fool, actually, she's a fool. She tries to put a little pet mouse in the kitty litter. I don't know why you do that, but I think she's a little new. But suffice it to say, I got the ashes back from the cat and I spread them in the backyard on my birthday. And so every time we have a loss where we lose something in our life, it's a birth, which is why the shirt on I have today is happy birthday, because these crises rewire us to add something new into our life. So something died the week before my birthday, and it gave me opportunity, though it was very difficult, to bring in something new. To bolster you from crisis proof, from losing it, you have to get, temper yourself, add things on you to make you stronger. Because over time, just living on earth wears you down. Just gravity wears you down. Moving through the paces of life wears you down. Listening to friends and family who you love go through their perils wears you down. Life. Breathing creates rug burns, wears you down. So you have to coat yourself and temper yourself, add something back. Even if it's painful, that's too bad. And then second center. The world is unstable with money. Money comes, money goes. And you may say, I have to hold on to it. I have to hold on to it. Have you ever wondered why money is called currency? Currency means moving, moving. If you hold on to it, it doesn't evaluate, it doesn't create value. It's stagnant. In Chinese medicine, stagnant qi is pain and it doesn't grow and move. We are growing beings, things move. If you hold on to it, it doesn't go anywhere. I remember Barbara Streisand saying in a movie, I think it was Hello Dolly. She said, money is like manure. You have to move it around to encourage young things to grow. So if you hold it onto it, it doesn't work. It has to be currency. And people who are anxious try to hold on to things, especially during money, during times of struggle, crisis, and instability, because they think that will make them sane. It isn't. It's insane. So you have to stabilize things by holding on to some and letting go of another. It's like a seesaw on a playground. And that's the difficult thing, is how to know when to hold and how to know when to fold. That takes training and that tra takes um, supervision. 
if you grew up in a family where there were people who were tightwads, you might, an extreme like me, give it all away, which doesn't help. And then if you grow up in a family where everybody spends everything, you might hold on to everything. So you have to find out what your extreme is and try to temper it, temper it, and then get protection from people coding, coding, kind of like bouncers are coding, people who can protect you. And then third center is work. People think that retirement removes stress from their life, and it doesn't. Resting is not tempering you. In fact, it weakens you. By removing yourself from challenge, it does not save you. It does not reduce or reduce your risk. It increases it because use it or lose it. And so on and so on. And so this is my program. I'm going to open up the phone now to anybody who wants to call for a mini reading, 207-846-6475, 207-846-6475. And anybody on this Zoom call, if they have a question, raise your paw. I will not use your last name because your last name is not listed. I will not use any identifying effects at all. Um, I will not list your parole card number. I will not list your driver's license number or any identifying information. So raise your hand if you have any questions. Otherwise, I'll keep giving you information which may or may not be boring. Other ways, other ways that you, up. Oh, we have a caller, incoming wounded. Hold on one second. Hi, my name is Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? You're live on the air on Zoom podcast, Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. What's your name? First name and age? My name is Mary. And how old are you? I am 54. Mary, do you know that people are rarely named Mary anymore? True. It's Stacy. Leticia, Olive, <laughs> everything but Mary and Joseph. <laughs> Very true. Mary 54. How can I be of help? Yeah, so I kind of, well, I do agree with what you were saying. I feel kind of out of sorts and not sure why. I just know that not enjoying work and I don't know. I just feel a little... Um, uneasy inside. Do you know what the phrase out of sorts means? No. Well, in Chinese medicine, the small intestine, well, in Western medicine, the small intestine takes in nutrients and sorts them out, distributes them. So carbohydrates go one place through receptors, Fats go in another place. Proteins go in another place. It's like sorting out cards. The hearts go here. The clubs go here. Got it? Okay. However, in Chinese medicine, if you have problems in that area, you have trouble sorting things out or making decisions. And that's associated with anxiety. 
Are you following me? I am. And a lot of times at age 54, Mary, people become out of sorts because they have to make decisions because things are changing. Are you following me? Yeah. And when people around you are not changing with you or you're not changing along with them, it upsets the, you greatly because you're out of sync with someone that you used to be closely in sync with. Hmm. The first thing I see is someone in your life who has a lot of fire or passion. And there's something amiss between you and them. Around this individual, you either get irritable, moody, anxious, because they show a joy for life, but they don't show it around you. And it makes you very upset. Somehow, your mood is not like their mood. Their happiness is not like your mood. And somehow, you have come to a division in your relationship. You either feel rejected, cast aside, misunderstood, or that this person is not taking enough time or hasn't noticed that you're not happy. Mary, who do you live with? How many years have you been married? Uh, 26. What's your husband's personality like? Um, he can be a, a warrior sometimes. Um, a warrior like fighting or a warrior a like warrior, anxious? Warrior. Like he worries, say, about money or worries about things. Okay. More now than before? Um, yes. I would say before he was more like a partier. A partier. And have you found that your relationship has to some degree become strained. Yes. The reason why I'm in trepidation is because in the past you were much more positive and you put a blind eye to difficult situations. But I don't think you do that anymore. Correct. So it used to be that if I brought this up with you about him, you'd go, oh no, things are fine. If I did this reading about four years ago or five years ago, you go, I don't know who you're talking about. But now you do. So what changed about your relationship? What really made you realize there was a problem? Choices he made. Give me an example. What was the sneeze? What was like my sneeze? You know how I told you in the unit when I was on call, I sneezed and that was it for me. I couldn't feel my feet. 
what was the choice, the most important choice? Because people, you don't, people don't say, that's it. I've had it. That choice was no good. <laughs> I'll just say trust issue. Listen, I love the way you're hedging, which I knew you were going to. Mm -hmm. In intuition, my intuition especially, I tend to pick up things that people hide. Mm -hmm. They're not crayons. They're not clothes or dirty socks. They're money sex, friends, or things that don't involve you. Is it in any of those categories? Yes. Thank you. And so you're being left out of those activities that used to be exclusively for you. Right? In the past, uh, yes, yes. And now... People often eat in, but if they don't want to eat in anymore, they sometimes eat out. Is that what's going on? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Not, not now, but in the past. It doesn't matter. Once, okay, once for a woman, many women, once a person is eaten out, the woman never forgets that's it. Correct. You get it? I get it. Because I'm the one that serves you food. You don't go out and eat out with somebody else. It's either my food or you don't eat it at all. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24 through 26. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. And that's a violation, because let me put it the way, the other way. You want me to put it the other way? Mm -hmm. Suppose you're at home with him and you decide you're going to go home. You're going to go out and eat out with somebody and you go see i'm going out you think that would be okay with him no. absolutely not got it and and by the way do you think he'd just get over it and, and and you just say well you know that's that's done that's the past right right it wouldn't see how you soften yeah. because you're supposed to get over it aren't you that's why I brought that up. It's supposed to be, oh, but that's in the past. That's no longer. However, if it was the other way, they would be brought up and, and it, it, the food, the cafeteria would be closed. Right. How a mother has all these problems. And oh, my God. Hold on a second. I don't know what just happened there, but that was another... Um, you can tell I start getting upset because other podcasts start coming in from users and I don't understand. Can you hear me? I can hear you. But that was just strange. My point is, I'm going to go next to your physical body, but so far you understand. Yes, I do. My point is, is that you got to clear this up because it's not just the violation of the boundary around your relationship below the waist. Yeah. It's that the expectation is that 
you're going to forgive and forget and move on. But if it was the other way around, he wouldn't forget. Right. Right. So the other thing is because you're not forgiving and forgetting, you are blaming yourself because of that. Do you get it? You think there's something wrong with you. Why can't you forgive? I'm being a pain in the ass. Why can't I just move on? Because he seems, because I don't think he's a nervous Nelly, like you described, that he's worrying about money. Because people who are worrying about money don't go out and do this. They're anxious home at home going over bank ledgers. They're not doing this. Because if they did this, it would increase their chance toward getting a divorce and half of their assets would go to their wife. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. That's, that's called a um, deterrent. <laughs> uh-huh. I look at your head. I see fatigue, dragginess, melancholy, sadness. There's a great um, theorist in psychology, her name is Karen Hornet, unfortunate last name. She said, anger turned inward turns becomes depression. Fatigue, dragginess, melancholy, sadness, problems with initiation, motivation, problems with libido. I look at your neck, I look at your thyroid. In the past, I saw capacity to make antibodies against your thyroid gland, antibodies that make it hard for you to have stable thyroid function. Even though I see a change in appetite, I see problems with blood sugar, weight, and metabolism. I look at your left lung, right lung. I see increased susceptibility of having excess estrogen and densities in both chest walls, but left greater than right. I look at your heart. I wonder if you have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. Once again, I wonder if you have a red dotted pattern lining your stomach and esophagus, upset feeling in your stomach, but yet your metabolism is tanking and there's problems with blood sugar and insulin. I see abdominal distension, bloating, a problem with libido, problems with fluid in your lower extremities and a loss of arches in your feet. I see an old pattern with lower back stiffness or achiness, but that's not your primary problem. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Um, so what you were talking about with the excess estrogen, um, I am not overweight, but I do carry uh, fat. So skinny fat, if you want to put it, um, trouble getting rid of that. Um, and just a feeling of extreme fullness under my left rib cage. Extreme fullness underneath your left rib cage, mm-hmm. where your stomach should be. I, I guess yeah, it feels like I've eaten 20 cheeseburgers when I've eaten a salad. Okay. It's over to the left. It's underneath, like right under my rib cage. Within 24, 20 to 40 minutes after eating? No, pretty much all the time. All the time. And what else? Um, just like I said, what bothers me is the, the fat deposits on my legs. Do you have fatigue? Mood problems? Um, I don't have.
fatigue, but um, I'm not as motivated right now. Okay. That's what I meant by initiation and motivation. And how about your libido? Non-existent. Okay. Um, is that sense this problem with your husband? Mm, pretty much, yeah. And just, yes, it's as I've gotten a little bit older, it's gotten a little bit worse, so yeah. Um, first of all, first thing you need to do because of the leg issue and your body image, you need to go to a plastic surgeon and find out if there's something you can do about that fat thing. Are you following me? Because that can make you feel less desirable. Mm -hmm. And you could be blaming your parents on why your husband did what he did. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? Yes. Because it sounds a lot like that. The other thing is you need to have somebody measure your hormones and assess your mood to make sure that your libido issue is not aggravated by testosterone, but is also not mood related. Are you following me? Mm -hmm. yeah. Suffice it to say, you also need to talk to someone about how you are naming, responding effectively, responding effectively and releasing your feelings about what happened between you and your husband. Are you following me? I am. Including not just how he feels about it and you feel about it, but expressly mentioning distinctly what would happen if I had an affair on you and I was just asked to forget about it. You were, at, I mean, would, could you just forget about it? Seriously, if the person goes, well, that's not happening and that's not what we're going to talk about, then say this is very nicely and walk out of the room. Okay. Because that's a big deal. Right. If I sound angry to you, it's because I'm carrying anger for you. You need somebody to do that for you because that's what I meant by anger turned inward, eats up serotonin and makes you depressed, which causes that fatigue. You also need to go to a gastroenterologist to make sure you don't have a motility problem in your stomach muscle. Okay. Okay. And so you're not, um, acid isn't burning or bacteria isn't overgrowing your stomach as a result. Okay. okay, good luck. You take it easy. Thank you so much you. for being a good sport. Bye-bye okay. now. Very sweet lady, very brave lady. Very sad. Um, Alisa, you have your hand up. How can I be of help? Unmute. There you go. You got me. You got me. How can I be of help? Um, thank you. Um, thank you so much. I was, when you were talking about the, the death and everything lately, um, a teammate of mine died on Monday and um, for the last couple of days, I'm trying to work. I'm just sitting here at my computer, just staring at the screen. 
And um, I don't know if it's, I didn't know her very well since the pandemic came. We haven't seen each other, but I have been, you know, I have a, my dog, my oh, cat. Hold on one second. Alyssa, how old are you? I am 53. <laughs> 53. 53. Go ahead. 50 year olds. Go ahead. Yes. So anyway, well, try to make it quicker. Um, my dad, my dog and an ex-boyfriend died last year and I've been busy. My mom moved to Indiana to live with me or I live in California. My mom moved from Indiana to live with me. So it's been a lot of action going on. And then all of a sudden, just like I, my brain doesn't want to move forward the last couple of days, especially I, and, uh, I just feel brain dead. <laughs> Did you hear what I said when I said that um, about the tooth shattering? Mm -hmm. That every time you lose something, it feels shallow. People go, oh, you're just going to replace your other cat. No, I'm not going to replace my other cat. I'm tempering. If you lose a brick in a house, Okay, there's no way you can originally replace that brick. Let me give you an example. It's a it's a disgusting example, but it's oh, it's a true example. In the Bible, there is a phrase called an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. It's a bad example, but it is the example. And that is is that if you injure somebody. It's, base, it's, it's kind of the basis of the rule of torts, I think. I could be wrong. If you injure someone, you have to make them whole. And so people take that literally, that if someone loses an eye, you should lose an eye too. That's impossible. And the reason why they said, no, no, I just want you to know what the reasoning is and why that's true. And then I'm going to get to why nobody can be replaced. And that is because when somebody loses an eye, their eye is a different size, their vision was a different vision, blah, 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 blah. So, or somebody loses an arm to what degree do they lose function? You can never really completely remove the same function. And of course, they can say, oh, one arm is equal to the other. No, it's not. Supposedly or not, Da Vinci's arm is different from somebody else's arm, that function, or somebody's bilaterally organized. Someone is left-handed, right-handed or they were ambidextrous, do they lose both arms, blah, blah, blah. It gets to be ridiculous. Similarly, if an animal or person dies on you and you immediately get remarried or get another friend or get another animal, someone will go, oh, replaced him so soon, got remarried so soon. And everybody has judgment about that. You just replaced them? Well, <laughs> no, you didn't. Just like there's no eye for an eye, there's no cat for a cat, and there's no spouse for a spouse or mother for a mother. However, if a storm comes up and removes a brick from your house, and then you lose somebody who dies on you, and then another storm comes up and removes another brick from your life, another person dies on you, sooner or later your house, your body, gets weaker from all these deaths. And that be a fact not just because of the effects of the cortisol affecting natural killer cells, lymphocytes, and making you more susceptible to viruses and or cancers, but also the area in the brain for initiation and motivation, area 24, that each death 
takes about 10 months to get over because it's the opposite of birth pregnancy. However, each birth is compounded and makes it harder to get over the other one. So it's like compounded interest, compounded deaths. And so you're less able to get over the other one because you're carrying the other one. And so they become complicated deaths, just like complicated births, like carrying twins or triplets or quadruplets. And so therefore they become complicated bereavements. You're losing one brick after another, after another. Unless you try to shore up your body or what I call temperate, you're gonna shatter just like that lady's tooth. And so one of the reasons why people don't is either they lack initiation, motivation because they're already in bereavement, that the impetus to just get out and meet a friend or get an animal or fix that part of your house that just got damaged is just not there. You don't even want to eat anything. However, you have to have somebody force you because if you don't, you won't have enough energy to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And by the way, if you eat lunch, like say, cause you just can't get out of your own way by three, you have to mindfully notice that when you do move or when you do eat, you feel infinitesimally just a little bit better and infinitesimally able just a little bit to handle the grief. The other thing is you cannot be afraid that when you first feel it to absolutely howl, which sounds very similar to a woman being in birth. Because when the lady, I was at the vet's, I can't even use the word vet around here. I, we say the VET. <laughs> when I was at the VET, um, I was just told that they were trying to call me because my, doc, my cat was very ill and had taken a turn for the worse. And I said, are you telling me, and just enlarge this to whoever's dying in your life. Are you telling me my cat is dying? Or are you telling me my spouse is dying? You're telling me my mother's dying? Just make it appropriate for your own life if you're listening to this. And they said, yes. So I quickly, with a friend who has cancer, <laughs> stage three in 3000, comes with me. And I walk into the room and I'm not completely convinced or I didn't hear it correctly because you're upset that she's dying. This person comes in and goes, are you the people who are euthanizing the cat? I absolutely started to howl. And then at the same time, apologized and said, I'm so sorry you're new, you can't help it. That's an example of how you can be present for somebody, but at the same time, lose it. Because if you completely lose it, then you feel terrible because then you feel you injured someone. But then when the cat came in and I realized she had ascites and she was not there anymore, because my cats before I left were looking in space and I realized she was at my house, I lost it. It felt like someone stuck a poker in me and the noise that came out of me sounded like a woman in labor. Mm-hmm. And I apologized to everyone. I said, I'm so sorry. I'm scaring people in your clinic. And they looked at me and they said, no. And I said, I'm making too much noise. I'm so sorry. You have to do that because otherwise it is 
going to make a, and I'm not saying histrionic, like you look around and find out who's listening so you can make a dramatic plea. You know, and now the nominees for the best supporting actor in a starring role. No, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you have to, I mean, the same thing with the, when I got the ashes, I mean, they left a message on my answering service. Oh, by the way, Dr. Schultz, your cat's ashes have arrived. I mean, what a message to leave with the service. However, with my dad. Yeah. No, the same now, thing. Now she's already. Right. That was lovely. However, yeah, thank on, you. The, on the way home, two songs came on the radio. One of them was A Thousand Miles, where apparently the irony is the vampire movie, which I thought was hilarious. But I love you for a thousand years. No, I've loved you for a thousand years and I'll love you for a thousand more. Yeah. And so as I'm spreading these ashes, I'm the you have to help yourself see the irony, which is a funny ha-ha joke, of this ridiculous situation where I'm playing a song to a vampire music song, movie. I will love, I've loved you for a thousand years and I will love you for a thousand more as I'm spreading these ashes and they're landing on spider webs, which means that they're going to be there for thousands of years until it rains. And so I'm sitting here laughing and crying and howling and howling and howling. And I'm sure the entire neighborhood and the gully hear this. But I walked away to the circle of life putting my back to the spider webs that still had some of the ashes in them. And I felt just a little bit better. Did I snap every day when I came to feeding the cats? Yes. Did I cry when there were only three bowls instead of four? Yes but it became less. Will I cry again when I hear that ridiculous vampire song? <laughs> because I never even watched the damn movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> However, you have got to do that because it takes 10 months. However, multiply 10 times how many deaths there were. Because I remember one year when I was working in the gonorrhea lab. Yes, it's the gonorrhea lab. All these people in my family died and I kept taking bereavement leave. And people kept thinking, yeah, really? Until I just drew, drew a family tree on the board and, and I asked everybody in the lab to stand there. And I went, this one bit the dust. <laughs> just drew an X. I said, Uncle Joe bit the dust. And then all these apples are like dead, dead as a doorknob, boom. And there's something about using humor, stand-up humor, which I've learned stand-up comedy, with the reverend humor that you just kind of do that. And I'm Latina, so we're kind of that way. That um, it helps. And I said, yep, the tree it's lost a lot of branches. And they said, never mind. It makes you feel a little better, but you gotta replant the trees. You gotta force yourself to join more teams. Teams that you would never have joined before and you'll feel out of sorts. Like yesterday I went to this family I know and I kept trying, they wanted me to stay and build this puzzle. 
And I kept getting up and going, well, you know, I'm bothering you. You have supposed to eat dinner. I'm going to leave because I don't want to be around people. And they kept saying, oh, no, sit down. Uh You have to. You have to because you have to temper your glass. You have to coat your vehicle or you're going to snap. You're going to snap because someone is going to call you. And they're going to say, my gerbil died, (laughs) my snake died. And you're going to go, you've got a snake. I didn't even know it. And you've got a gerbil. Didn't they eat each other? Or what the story? And you can't say that. You got to keep it all inside. And they're like, and then my car bit the dust. And then you're like, oh, booba, (laughs) boobala, come over. I got some chicken soup in my, and then it will be okay. You know, it's interesting. Someone said, I can't figure out Facebook Live or Instagram Live. Somebody says, isn't this trauma bonding? I went, trauma bonding? What? Oh, trauma bonding. Because I said, um, one of the ways that tempers you or coach you is that you go to a friend's house. You have these kind of people where you go and to their house, you knock on the screen door and it slams. It's like the beginning of that Bruce Springsteen song. <laughs> screen door slams, you know, the song, to the point where I'm still looking for a screen door for my front door because I like the sound of a screen door slamming. You got to love that. You know what I mean? It goes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, screen door slams and you come in and they go, hello? And you go, it's me. I'm upset. They died. And she goes, somebody else died? No, the one that died before. Are you still upset? Yes, yes. Uh, and you'll go, three, three bowls still, huh? Yes. When are you going to get the new cat? Can you come with me? Yes, I can come with you. Go to, the, go to the refrigerator. I'm already at the refrigerator. Do you got anything good in here? So your voice already clears up. Got anything good in here? I got some popsicles in the freezer. Fudgicles? Yes, I bought fudgicles for you. Because we last see this is more I'm talking this. And then you'll brighten up. Get a fudgicle. There's some there's some turkey in there too. You, you need some protein because it helps with the grief. And come in here. I just gotta watch the rest of my story and sit down, but don't get any dripping. Get a paper towel. Because last time you dripped <laughs> the orange all over the floor. And that's the kind of person you need. And they said, that's trauma bonding. I said, no, it's not. It's empathy. And by the way, all these people go, I'm an empath. You're an empath. What's, that's not, that's just bonding. And if you can't do that, that's an attachment disorder, which increases your risk over time of having sociopathy. So you need to go on other teams, temper yourself, sleep, eat, and maybe you do need to fortify yourself with serotonin. You sound like you're hanging out with a lot of older people. You need to be with younger people. I have this baby kitten, um, Minnie Pearl. Minnie Pearl, Minnie Pearl. I did get a couple of dogs. (laughs) And so, um, you know, we're dealing with that. You know, she's flipping the baby kittens around, baby, um, these little toy mice around. So, you know, this is what you're going to do. And I think you'll feel better. Otherwise, you're going to start getting viruses and flus, and it doesn't bode well. 
that's why I said, do you notice you're getting this illness and that illness? Your cholesterol will go up. You'll get this nameless fatigue. Your cholesterol's going up. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a stress hormone. Got it? And I have an exercise. I have the motivation song. It's not, it's not just exercise. It's a stress hormone. I'm eating too many vegetables. <laughs> I know, too many vegetables. That's the perfect example. No, fudgicles. Oh, fudgicles. Oh, fudgicle. <laughs> I, I, I want you to know. Every night. <laughs> the number of calories in a fudgicle is like 80. See how I know that? Trust me. I don't know what's in that basin of a beverage you're having there what's that basin and what's in that it's bubble water oh this is you can get this at costco they have them they're new they're 42 ounces to hold your water all that is water that's all there is ice cubes oh well there you have it it's a lot of yin (laughs) i don't know if that's good for you anyway i hope i have been of some help okay yes thank you so much appreciate it you're welcome. If anybody wants a private reading, go to 207-846-6475 or go to www.drmonalisa.com. I want to thank you for welcoming me into your day. This has been, been Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Be well, do right, live brilliantly. Have a great day. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.